Welcome to Anbri. We had an exciting week. We got to sit down with Naja Hayward, founder of Naja Tea and Thrive Entrepreneurs. She talks to us this week about going from entrepreneurship to employee. Take a listen. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> I actually have that written down three times. I'm so excited. I'm so three excited. times. I love it. You're so cute. <laughs> but I'm excited to talk to you. I'm more excited for Anne Bree's viewers and whoever's watching this, the world, to watch this to get some of your insight. I have been lucky enough to get your insight because we work together. We work closely together now mm -hmm. every day for the last two years. Yeah. So I feel like I owe you a lot of money and um, <laughs> you're just a natural coach. Mm -hmm. So... I did a little bit of stalking status. <laughs> I love it. I did. I did a lot of research. I have been this past week watching her lives, watching her videos, watching her interviews. Um, every day that I would talk to her, I was like, hey, back in 29, she would make this face like, oh my God. <laughs> well, I loved it. I just have to say it was so, you know, you were reminding me of things that I had done. And sometimes I think, you know, women generally but people we forget everything that got us to where we are mm. and so you were just reminding me like you know I had to acknowledge wow I have done a lot of cool things yes so. yes you have and it started I remember that one of your first entrepreneurship was a talent agency back mm -hmm. in your early 20s and it okay, was okay can I rewind that was actually not one of my first my first like a lot of us is our lemonade stand right oh really and i think we have to acknowledge the lemonade <laughs> stand for what it is as like the entry into really learning about every aspect of entrepreneurship right mm -hmm. um and so i think that got me excited and then in in high school i would sell candy and so it's where everyone else was going into the quad and they were you know talking and socializing I would go to smart and final and I would buy candy and I would sell it and I'd make like 200 bucks a week and and exactly right so where my friends were broke but having fun I had money and then my first real business was um, a um, party planning business where called uh, shindigs plan a party where I didn't really want to go on site for people I just wanted to help I just wanted to put the pretty box together with everything that they needed and say here go make it happen <laughs> so all of those little pieces you know I, that's really I would say where I learned more than I could have expected I would mm -hmm. from not having a business where we think of a structured business right mm. and you said in one of your past interviews I think it was with um, Susie on live talk radio that you came from a family of entrepreneurs I did and that you naturally went into that but the defining moment for you was um, you were a director of media relations and mm. you were helping a, a a woman a speaker travel around mm -hmm. and you turned her speaking business into a billion dollar 
not quite Indigen. billion, but multi multi million. Multi -million. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, it's a billion. It's a quadruple <laughs> trillion. This lady's a trillionaire. What kind of woman? Let's just like you know. But a multi million dollar empire in a span of what was it, eighteen months mm -hmm. that you were traveling around with her, and it was at that moment you said, "I need to, I need to embrace the entrepreneurship that is running through my veins and get out there and do what I." want to do and find your passion mm -hmm. so in 2008 you found nausea tea mm -hmm. in 2010 you founded nausea hayward personal coach thrive where you were coaching mm -hmm. entrepreneurs how to um take their business to the next level but what's interesting and i i've heard you say once mm -hmm. in a keynote i've heard you write about this several times but while you coached entrepreneurs that were already in the mix, you were also reaching out to what you termed wantrepreneurs <laughs> for those that wanted to be entrepreneurs on how to uh, not navigate through fear, but to embrace fear and use it, like mm. leverage the fear, which was interesting. And then in 2013, you did LA Talk Live with Susie Prudence, Best of LA. Um, 2017 was a huge year for you. So this is the part of the interview where I make my guests feel uncomfortable and I read your resume. <laughs> 2017 was a huge year for you because you spoke at the California Women's Conference, the mm -hmm. League of Extraordinary Women, Networking Like a Boss, the Bella Network. Mm -hmm. You were cited by the um, Valley Economic Development Center as exceptional woman in business. Mm -hmm. You were an entrepreneur uh, in residence at Cal State of Fullerton. Wow, yeah. You were recognized as coach of the year. You built Thrive Entrepreneurs and you were a keynote speaker. Um, highlighted the video that I saw was at Spark Events, which mm -hmm. was an amazing, it was a 15 minute talk, mm -hmm. but you, I. Yeah, I think for all of us, you know, some of us are born into to entrepreneurship and it comes naturally. Some are born courageous. Um, some are born, I think we're all born courageous, right? And I think mm -hmm. some are courageous is taken out of us at a young age and we, we either choose to get that back or not. But for me, I think for we all have the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit inside of us. And what that means is there's something great that wants to be birthed and expressed with the world. And so however we do that, you know, if we do that in a in a product-based business or in our coaching or consulting or in mentoring or whatever that is, it's just really expressing and saying, to me it's saying, thank you God for giving me this unique gift that I only have out of the seven trillion people that are on this planet. And I want to acknowledge you by bringing it to the world and helping other people express whatever their unique greatness is, their superpower as I call it, or as a lot of people call it now. So sometimes, and I think we all receive information in a different way, so some people can hear me say, look, get your shit together, go, and and for them that's motivation and it, and it shifts them into action mode. For other people, you need someone to hold your hand and it's to say, you're capable, you're worthy, you can do this, and it has to be more gentle. And I think, you know, I think there's a balance. And one of the things that I try and do as a, a coach, entrepreneur, or, you know, mentor is, is really see where is the person that I'm talking to and how can I reach them in a way that they can hear me, right? And so, um, yeah, at that, I think at Spark, I remember, um, I remember sitting with this woman before it had even started and she was with her daughter and 
you you should have heard her talking to her daughter like it was the most beautiful thing because you could tell that she wanted to do something different with her daughter than had had been done with her and so she Mm. was lifting her daughter up and then as soon as I was talking to her similar to how her daughter she was talking to her daughter it was like yeah no 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 and 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 so you know we, we just all need to be encouraged in some way and um I didn't always have that from the traditional people that you would think that would come from, right? Your mother, your father. But I had it throughout my life from people who made it enough of an impact to make it a part of who I am. The way that you, all, if you read the testimonials, the people that you've coached, um, a common thread on their feedback working with you is she met me where I was at. Mm. But in watching you speak and talk to others, you have a way of saying one statement but allowing it to be heard in different ways to your audience thank you and that's a that's a raw talent i mean it can be learned but it can't be mastered unless Mm. it's practice something native inside (laughs) right inside of you but you do you have this ability to say um one statement and whomever is listening they're going to be able to take something away from that which Mm. i think is what makes you an effective coach and speaker thank you Um, You were talking about the time that you were director of media relations and you were very comfortable behind the scenes. Yeah. When did you decide that you were going to be comfortable center stage? Oh, wow. Well, it's interesting. I worked with celebrities growing up. I was surrounded by people in the public eye growing up with, you know, my mother having worked in entertainment and um, and just having a lot of friends in entertainment. So I, I saw that growing up and then um, after college I worked in entertainment I worked on two shows one called Martin one called Jamie Foxx and so obviously I'm around you know a lot of celebrities all the time and I had worked with you know Halle Berry and I had worked with Quincy Jones and so people who have no issue with their visibility right highly self-confident even if it's shrouding lack of confidence or you know but there's this ability to just say look at me I'm here world you're going to see me and it was so interesting to see because I think there was this assumption that I was like that like oh she's she's pretty she's got a nice personality she must be able to have the shine factor and I think I was always so used to masking it and allowing other people to to do their thing that that became natural and so in working with Erin Gruel, um, she had this great balance of, it was her job to get on stages of thousands of people, and I was supporting her to get her message out. But in she was inspiring people with her story of having worked with these students and helping them, you know, just really become, you know, better in the world. And so seeing her, like, week after week after, after week on that stage, there was something, it was like, the the, sh- the light turned on for me to say you know what you don't even you don't only have to have it because I was one of those people who in my head I was on the couch with Oprah like Oprah mm-hmm. was interviewing me and like so in my head there was this greatness that just had not been birthed yet but in reality it was I was the behind the scenes girl and so in being with Aaron on a week to week month to month basis and seeing um really how she made such an impact. I would say that she, that was a transformational time in my life. And so, you know, we had gone to, that was kind of also when Najati was born and we were in Boston and I, and it was like, 
okay, I want to start a business and I don't only want to start a business, I want to be visible within that business. Mm. Um, because I, it was like conscious, like I am ready to shine. Like I'll never forget in my head thinking I am ready to shine, not only be seen, but to shine. But what was that, what was that journey? Did you have to reconcile some things internally to be ready to shine, to go from imagining there's a greatness that I'm ready to share that's right around the corner to actually taking that leap mm. and deciding to birth that greatness. What was that What was that gap fill like for you? So I, what I think is interesting about your question, that gap fill for some can be 50 years and mm -hmm. for some can be 15 minutes. And I think it just depends. And, and the 15 minutes could be, it could have been moments of, of saying, you know, I'm ready or pre preparation that you're unconscious of. But for me, it was literally a moment. It wasn't like I was like, okay, consciously, I'm going to start preparing myself to shine. And here's what I'm going to do to make that happen. I've done a lot of things very consciously in my life that might have taken me a long time. That was not one of them. It was instantaneous to say, I'm ready. Okay, great. So the now all it was was action steps, right? So right. the action steps um, were starting the business with the brand being me. When you were talking to uh, Best of LA with Susie Prudence, you mm -hmm. were saying that come from a space of saying yes and then you'll figure you'll figure out the how mm -hmm. later. Um, I'm someone OCD plan. Like I have to sit down and do a business plan, a five year plan, reverse mm -hmm. engineer that to my two year, to all the way down to what am I gonna do today mm. that, so that I can see the end result. How do you navigate uncertainty or anxiety, worry, mm -hmm. by saying yes now and then figuring out the how as you go? I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to say my way is the way, right? right. And so there's coaches or, uh, you know, learning methodologies that are like, this is the way you're supposed to do life. This is the way you're supposed to do mm -hmm. business. This is the way you're supposed to do personal development or transformation. And for me, I come from a space of you have to be really clear on how something works for you. So, so for instance, with your question, I, that happens to be my personality, right? And so it works for me, and I've, and I've had to um, really put process and refinement around it being more organized because it could be easy to say yes, and you just keep saying yes, and you have all of these things in the air, and nothing ever gets accomplished. Um, but for someone like you, where, who's a planner, you have to make sure that you're, it's not for the sake of procrastination or for the sake of um, doing to not actually um, get started. So right. the planning becomes the excuse for not to actually go out and, and fulfill the dream, whatever that dream might be. So, so I would say, like first and foremost, get super clear for yourself, you know what, Jacqueline? you're a planner okay great so what is planning what's your planning process look like and first be super clear on the goal now let's get really clear on a timeline and be in agreement on what that timeline is going to look like so that once you are at d the deliverable date whatever that might be for you you know that the actions haven't been for naught that you're not just going to keep oh now i need to build a website right? right all of these little procrastination pieces that you know 10 years later you're like i had this great idea and i have this beautiful website <laughs> and i have a great business plan and i have all these things in the air but you've actually never moved forward because with. I forgot to say yes you know I think each piece is a piece of the yes right mm -hmm. each piece is a yes 
to to the goal, but you just got to make sure that the goal is is actually worked on, right? And goal, and so if, if we're talking about business, because I've moved away from anything that I say can be translated from business to your health and the choices that you make for your body and your you know your well-being to the relationships that when, what you want to have. So you know when you talk about yes, it's like. What kind of relationship do, do I want to have? I want to have a, a, a you know, a, a respectful, that's a yes. I, I choose to move forward today mm -hmm. in having this kind of relationship. So for the sake of business, I think each piece is a yes to the goal as long as it's giving you traction and there's traction to to accomplish. Looking through all of the, all of the past, it dawned on me um, in preparing for this interview and I'm real big at listening to other coaches and seeing what they mm -hmm. what they're looking at and business books that just I can nerd out on that mm -hmm. and a lot of the players in the industry will speak to how to build the business how to get the client how to manage employees how mm -hmm. to build brand but you and you talk about those things but first and foremost at the forefront of all of your all of your talks and everything that you put out there in the world isn't isn't speaking to the building mm -hmm. of the business um, first. It's speaking to the builder. Yeah, think about business. building a house, right? You can't just like get to putting the bricks up. Mm -hmm. You know, there's got and even before the foundation is laid, there's got to be an architectural plan. And and I think that um, you know when you have that architectural plan then you can actually start to build this, the solid foundation that then allows you to build the house, that then allows you to move in and do all the fun things that we love to do. So, so um, for me, the foundation is um, having really mental clarity about who you are in the world um, and what it is that you want and that you're capable and worthy. And, um, you know, so yeah, I think that um, Blueprint is really you and what it is that you want to create. Okay, Brent, I'd love to know how you are able to amplify a person's impact who specializes in an area where you have little or no knowledge. How do you guide a highly specialized person who works in an opaque profession on products that you have never heard of? That's so, an amazing question. That's a great question and if I, if I can, I'm working, so the entrepreneur to employee, the employee part of me where I am now is in an industry that I have never worked in. I've, I had zero knowledge of, but I'm bringing a skill set that that requ doesn't require me to know their business. It requires me to be able to set up a process for them to um, get visible within that that product and that business. So, I, I have worked in so many industries that I have zero knowledge of, and and I'm all of course I'm always learning, um, and I love understanding the person that I'm working with or the product that I'm working with, and. Um, but for the type of work that I do, that's not a requirement. You have to understand the, the process of learning it and understanding the objectives, mm -hmm. the outcomes of it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> when you were going with Najati, I mean, you had some amazing accomplishments. You went from um, taking a prototype of, you went from taking a prototype of a of a tea canister mm -hmm. around knocking on doors to getting into Olive's Gourmet mm -hmm. here in Long Beach mm -hmm. or there in Long Beach because we're in Redondo <laughs> so we over are. there where we're I just Redondo. came from. Mm -hmm. um, 
Olive's Gourmet, and then that grew into getting on to USC college campuses. Mm -hmm. That grew into getting into uh, Trump's golf course. Mm -hmm. um, then you won a grant from British Airways. They mm -hmm. flew you to London. Um, you went through their winnings of business courses and helping you build your business. But you sent them a thank you with your tea <laughs> sample, and they brought you back out to train them. Yeah. Which is, here, here, let us tell you what's up. And then they tasted your product and met you and, and got a sense of who you were. And they were like, better yet, come on down and yeah. then teach us something. And then you went into having um, tea tasting rooms. You went to Hong Kong and you represented oh gosh, I did. the I United States for so the, world, mm. the World Tea Show. Well, how did, did you get that? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, okay, well, I think the first thing that I want to say is I've been blessed. So, so I, I can probably write down, well, first I took this step and then I took this step. But the reality is I've been blessed to be in the right place um, with the right people and... Um, and there is definitely something to that, which is why so many entrepreneurs these days who are working behind the scenes, they're working behind their computer, um, one of the things you miss out on is the connection of you know, meeting people who may have an impact on your life that you would never know where that would take you. So, so let me just be clear on that first. Um, but what happened was I went to the World Tea Show here in the US and I met the, it's like the Hong Kong, Imagine the Chamber of Commerce, but in Hong Kong, okay. right? But a country's Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> An entire know. country's Chamber of Commerce. Right, exactly. <laughs> you met the <laughs> president of it. <laughs> and so um, I, I was talking to them about my business and that, you know, small business and really where I wanted to take the company. And at the time, there was a huge conversation in my head about global, working globally. And, mm -hmm. and that was really nurtured by the British Airways experience because face-to-face -face was about um, U.S. businesses, small businesses doing business globally. It's, I was like, global business, wow, I never thought of that, right? And this is a part of why it's so important to surround yourself with people who are gonna put a seed into your head that wasn't as, that it didn't, it, it, it didn't happen from you. It happened from someone who just said something innocently and you're like, oh, that could be possible. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those moments, right? And so, um, and so when I met the um, Hong Kong president of the Chamber World Com <laughs> Commerce, <laughs> um, it was just, they were intrigued by me. I think people just thought I was weird. Like, wow, you're like this young black chick that's just out doing her thing and you're courageous and you don't care and you don't have something in your head that's telling you you can't or why not. I was so innocent. I was just taking, walking, putting one step in front of the other. And so I think a part of people were like, she's weird and I like it. Like she's weird and maybe I wanna be a part of it or I wanna support her and so, um, and so they invited me to their their huge tea show in Hong Kong. They paid for everything, my flight, my hotel, my, um, um, and, and I think they wanted a presence when I got there. There was this reception and they had other American businesses that were 
you know, that I was networking with. And it was pretty profound because it just reminded me that anything is possible, Mm -hmm. that there are things happening in the world that you, that are conspiring for you to be a part of it and you don't even know about it yet. And so the more you just continue to, to say, I am open for me, it's God, but whatever that conversation might be for you, for me, it's God, I, I, uh, I allow you to do what you will with this life of mine, and I will not make myself small to make anyone else feel better, but I allow you to give me the greatest of who I'm supposed to be on this planet. Like, take me to where you will be, and I don't know what that looks like. Um, and so that's what Hong Kong was about. It was like, yes, okay, so what do I need to do? Oh, we'll send you your your flight and the details of it, and we want you to just to just be there it was all they really wanted that's amazing and you were gaining traction i mean at, you were gaining traction your teas were going globally mm-hmm. and you had mentioned in one of your one of your previous talks that there was a moment that you backed off of Naja tea because it wasn't the success that you had envisioned in your head Mm. so you had dissolved I mean after all of that traction after gaining all of that momentum you took a step back on something personal but you didn't go into detail so I want to ask you what that definition of success that you um that you decided to take a moment and and redirect at Mm. that time yeah and I think you know as the mom I'm a, a I was a single mom um my son um, you know, raising a, a, a child. I had nine people at the time working for my company. Um, and so there was a responsibility to mm-hmm. not only to my family, but to these nine families that were working with me. You know, that, that's what I felt. And so um, what was happening was a lot, of, a lot was going out, but not a lot was coming in. And so financially it was difficult at times for us to, um, to manage. And so that was really when I started my, I was working with a coach at the time, and whoever's out there, if you're a coach or or not, everyone should be working with a coach, someone who can see in in those holes where you can't see yourself. You know, they say, you know what you know, you know what you don't know, but you don't know what you don't know. And so there's someone out there who can help you see the things that you don't know. And so I was working with a coach at the time, and she said one day, I think you'd be a great coach. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And she said, I think it'd be a good way for you to um, to make some money while you're still doing your tea company. Um, and I think you'd be good at it. And so I thought, okay, well, what do I need to do? She breaks out this yellow pad and she's like, okay, the first thing that you're going to do is X. And then the next thing you're, you're going to do is X. And I was like, okay. So I did all of those steps and I had, you know, I don't know, three clients in the next week or two or whatever it was. And, and that's when Thrive was born. Thrive wasn't, it was not Thrive at the time, but that's really when my coaching was born. Yeah. What turned into Thrive. Yeah. And Thrive was um, founded and kind of going off the ground in around 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had eventually uh, put together and brought back a board of directors 
for your tea company mm-hmm. and you just recently posted it was just this past week that your tea is now in a new restaurant mm. um, so can I rewind with that so I I always started a board when I started my tea company when I started my any time I started something I would bring an advisory board together of people that were just smarter than me um, in a different area right and so when I started Naja Tea I had an advisory board who you know were really supportive in the process and so I did do that with with um, Naja Tea as well but um, um, and, and, and I'll tell you so just to rewind a little bit a part of closing Naja Tea was really about one I started rolling with my consulting like it just took off and I didn't expect it to I just I just was that that's oh. thunder that is thunder that's a little interesting for Southern on. California <laughs> when it's not even raining <laughs> um, um, so I so I, I it started taking off and then what started happening was my tea company where it was once doing this the trajectory was upward 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 growth despite the frustrations and the hard times we were here and mm. so we weren't growing the company we were just maintaining and that was not what I wanted and I think that's what you were speaking to is right is it, it started to turn more into feeling like a project and what was growing was the my consulting business and so I had to make some difficult decisions at that time and um, one of them being wasn't to close the deal so I started I had three different investors that I had been uh, in talks with about really coming together to grow the business and to do really big things with it and all three of those fell through but in the end it was it was really a decision you know what I love I love tea I love I love everything about it I love the the, the business of tea um, but where that was my passion I started to see that consulting women and coaching women to really live their greatness was a, my purpose and that felt good and it was like in my soul and so I I started focusing on that and then Najati just slowly kind of went through a decline and and I had a few um, customers that are still with me today that just are won't let go but um, <laughs> so you're still Naja tea is still oh, around. I wouldn't. It's no, I would never tell go. anyone that. I would never, ever, <laughs> ever admit to that. But there. So the the new customer that I posted the other day was actually an old customer. So it's mm. someone who um, worked at Trump. He was the director of food and beverage. He's who brought my tea in. And interestingly enough, we he and I had talked about starting something called Tea by Day, Wine by Night because he's a wine sommelier, and it was oh. years of us talking about him doing this. And he called me one day, and he's like, "The dream." And I was kind of like, you know, I was his cheerleader, like, "Come on, you can do this." Years later, he called me. It's happening. I want you to serve the tea. And I thought, "Oh gosh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do it." So yeah. Well, so you've gone through this. You've gone through globe trotting with from knocking on doors with a prototype tea canister yeah. to globe trotting and representing the US and all things tea. You uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Very grand. More grand all, than it probably all things was. Tea. <laughs> um you started uh coaching, mm-hmm. you built Thrive, you spoke on panels, you have coached uh as you put it women entrepreneurs and a few good men <laughs> yes I'm very interested on knowing your criteria <laughs> on those spots uh-huh. you know it seems like there's a there's a checklist like okay you can be part of this group um 
but then you did you segued back into corporate mm-hmm. and what was that decision like to mm. go from kind of making your own rules um, that's the upside of, of being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. is I mean you have to follow rule it's definitely a hustle mm-hmm. there's not a lot of downtime it's very hard to segment your life and your work you have to you have to constantly remind everything yourself that I of love, that. like everything that you're saying. I'm like, yes. yes. Where someone would, it would, they cringe at what you're saying. I'm like, yes, and I love it, <laughs> and it's wonderful, <laughs> and yes. I'm like, everyone needs to live their life like that. Yeah, it was. You made a decision to go back to corporate. I did. Why? I have to say, it wasn't a conscious decision. So it was a, it was a conscious decision to, to take the opportunity. But um, so, where you were sharing everything that happened in in. 20 like 2016 kind of that time frame what was also happening in my life was my son who every decision was made for him mm-hmm. even really working for myself that so I could have the time and the freedom to be available to him was preparing to graduate from high school which mean, meant that that same son was preparing to leave the nest and so and so I it was like a year and a half mental process of me preparing for that. And once he graduated, literally, it was like, well, what am I gonna do now? Like everything that I've done was for him. So <laughs> now what, right? right? Now what? And um, and so I got a call from a headhunter one day and they said that there was a company, they were looking to build out a marketing department. They had never had a marketing department. And my initial thought was, I'm not looking for a job. Like, what are you talking about? I'm an entrepreneur. I work for myself. Everything's fine. Even though there were, at that time also, there were some financial challenges that were happening. Um, And so, and I thought to myself, one thing that I I don't, and I think where my yes often comes in, is I don't often back away from a challenge. Um, And and I think I I stopped feeling really challenged, like, Mm. in my work. and so I thought, oh, this would be interesting. I've never built out, you know, even though my coaching and consulting business, we had started, we had built out a digital agency where we were doing the work and we were totally had shifted from just kind of talk coaching to doing the work that we were talking to our clients about doing. And I had a team of people that were working with me on that. But from a departmental kind of corporate standpoint, I'd never really worked at corporate. I had, you know, I, I I went a very unconventional route to get to where I was. Um, and so it was like, I was excited, but I was also excited about the, the pragmatic pieces of, of it. Like, wow, you mean I could actually have a regular paycheck every two weeks and I don't have to go fish for my food you know, every day. Like those things started to be attractive and I can go to work at nine and then leave at five. Like all of those things were very foreign to me, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, but there right. was something really attractive about that as a, as a as an opportunity and and um, you know I was looking at at forty six years old now but at the time at forty four or whatever it was what is fifty and sixty and seventy going to mm. look like and I started shifting my conversation with my clients to be look as we build your business let's not just focus on building your business let's really get clear on how that business is going to support you um, in in what the employed call retirement age, right? And and what is that life going to look like? Because so many entrepreneurs end up dying with nothing, and they aren't prepared for later years. And and me getting older was like, 
oh no, you have to start thinking about these things. Like even even if you're making $250,000 a year, that's great, but how are you reinvesting that money into your future? Right. And and that that was the plan that wasn't in place for me. And so I started thinking there are some things that I need to learn for myself to be able to move into this ne- next stage of my life having my son moved on from high school and going into college, um, it, there was that big shift. And so um, I, I felt like at the time, the job would give me some structure that would support this new, new stage. And Anbury's all about thinking new, like changing your perspective. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I asked you before this interview, um, and not creepily, I say again, stalking, <laughs> it's research when there's an interview involved, mm-hmm. was how are you not the head of a multi-million dollar media company? Because not only have I followed you on social media for the last three or four years, because um, you weren't, I mean, our paths crossed back in, I think it was 2006, 2007. When our kids were in, yeah. When our kids both went to the same school. Mm-hmm. And it, it was ships passing in the night, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Our ships passing in a fairy tale preparation volunteer <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. Um, but we had become enough friends that we connected on social media. And I just mm-hmm. watched you, and I remember celebrating from afar with you we weren't close enough that I could congratulate you because I didn't know you were the kind of person that would have accepted my congratulations Mm -hmm. um, even though you didn't know me that well but I remember where I was when you videoed uh, your live in Hong Kong Mm -hmm. and I cheered for you in the car because I was like yes because I got to watch you I mean you showed everybody how your tea company was growing Mm -hmm. and so I was like that's amazing I'm so happy for her but I asked you, how are you not the head of a multimedia? And Anne Bree's all about thinking new. And without missing a beat, you turned to me, you said, I am. Mm-hmm. And you have. I mean, I've gotten I've gotten to witness firsthand in the in the corporation that you have done things that are unheard of, that are trailblazing. Mm-hmm. And you have brought so much newness to the table. Is this how you keep yourself your edge so young is this how I keep myself so young right is this how you keep yourself (laughs) but but you keep your edge to where you can go into another entrepreneur are you are you always preparing yourself for that next moment of stepping onto center stage whatever that opportunity looks like I think all of us are always preparing ourselves for the next thing and we prepare ourselves in one of two ways. We prepare ourselves for the elevation of who we're to become, or we prepare ourselves to just stay the same because mm-hmm. we're not saying yes, or we're not taking action, or we're not believing ourselves, or we're not trusting, or we're not thinking that we're worthy, or all of these things. And so for me, it's not a conscious preparation like, okay, you're going to write down what the next phase is. I just trust that I am always moving upwards Mm -hmm. and upwards can look like a lot of things upwards can look like financially upwards can look like emotionally spiritually um, you know growth wise how you how you change the language that you're speaking out to the world like growth can look so many different things but for me it's always you know moving upwards into who I'm supposed to become and who God put me on this planet to be Um, so that's the preparation what it is I have no idea like 
I don't know what my next phase is going to be. I know that I will always be an entrepreneur. I'm st I still consult. I still coach. I, st I still do tea. Um, but I have a job and I'm an employee of someone else's and I did not realize how much I would love it. Now, of course, I'm with a great company. They mm -hmm. treat me very well. They trust me. They pay me well. All of those things don't hurt. Um, and so you have to find a good environment. But, I, but for me, it's like the, the preparation is I am an employee today, but who I will be next year may shift based on opportunities that open up because I'm always open to the opportunities that I don't know are, are there. Like, right. I don't know what's going to happen. So now some people like more planning and that's good too. Some people are more proactive and that's great too. My proactive is just spiritually and emotionally being open to what may be. Is that manifesting? Uh, it, at its best, if you ask me. So, so and when I say at its best, it means in manifestation isn't about controlling the process. It's about, um, it's about being conscious of who you want to be and and also being open to it maybe not looking exactly how you think it's supposed to look um but so yeah i i would say that Does i know erica has a question oh. <laughs> have you become more or less fearless over time mm. okay that is such a good question i'll tell you why so in some areas i've become more fearful which is interesting right so i uh, and, and in some of those areas, and I don't know if it's age, but it's like there there are aspects of me have, that have become more careful. And, and I think as you, you gain more in life, you have more to protect. Um, you know, my son not being in the house, I don't see him all the time. So there's like, I have to release worry a, a lot on that. But so there are some areas where I feel like I'm more fearful and that's an interesting place for me to be. But I think where I've become more fearless is in um, my voice. And the fearless is knowing that what is going to come out of my mouth is my truth. And I'm, I'm clear that it's simply my truth, but that I'm willing to speak it um, because I know that that truth is never to hurt anyone. It's only to to hopefully empower myself and others. So I've, I've become more less with my voice Erica how do you I wanted to segue into employee and you were talking about um, growth and whatever that means to you so there are several people and we've dedicated a lot of time talking about entrepreneurship and and working in your purpose and your passion um, some folks aren't entrepreneurs they mm -hmm. don't have a dream to run their run their own um, business or gig or, or anything like that. Do you think that there is a correlation between who we are personally and who we are professionally? Or is there moments that you can definitely just compartmentalize those two? Mm. Well, I think com compartmentalization is a choice. Right, so sometimes we choose for whatever reason to com to compartmentalize who we are personally with who we are professionally because whatever, whatever you know, whatever the belief is that we've created, and there is a a security in that. Um, there's you know sometimes we do it because our lifestyle might need, might not be as professional as our you know the, our business life, and we work in a conservative in environment or you know whatever that is but for me the choice that I make is now I will say 
um, working for another company, there's an agreement that you make. They cre they've created a culture and they have an expectation about how um, the people that they choose to be inside of that culture um, behave or you know whatever the agreement might be and so you come in and you either sign up to follow that agreement right. with your behavior or not and so there are elements where I definitely have who I am at home and who I am in my personal life I leave a piece of that a percentage of that just for my personal life and so I come into work but for the most part what doesn't change are integrity values um, um, you know, those two are, are huge for me. So there's no shift between those two. Well, it's interesting that you use the word percentage because my next question would be, even if, even if someone is still in the mindset of um, work is work, life is life, and I'm working to live, but they still have, they go home and it's, you know, it's the first or the 15th and they're writing out bills and they're like, if I could just have another you know, 50000 in the account, if I could just make $20,000 more, mm. do you feel like it's beneficial that they open the the door between the two just a little between bit? Between entrepreneurship and... Uh, between who we are personally and who we are professionally, do you think that there's um, an upside? If, if someone's, they've completely compartmentalized, but they still have those thoughts of, you know, I, I'm not saving as much as I should, or I'm not prepared mm -hmm. for retirement age, or how... How are we going to get the kids through college? If uh, if an emergency happens, how are we going to handle that? Mm -hmm. If they opened up that doorway between who they are personally and really let that um, go into their professional world a little mm -hmm. bit, do you think that there is that correlation that they can make more of an impact, which means they're more authentically who they are, mm -hmm. and that could that could then bring opportunities to the surface that might not have been there before. Well, one of the things I would say is we're living in a world, particularly because there's so many people doing Facebook Lives on in, 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 uh, you know authenticity and what that means to be authentic mm -hmm. and you know just be yourself and so they're you know cussing and wearing their bathing suit, whatever, you know, naked, showing themselves and for them that is what authenticity is. Um, for me, I would say I'm not quite sure if there's a correlation between, you know, so if someone's saying the, I, I, my, bill, my bills are X and maybe if I open myself up to being more authentic, it'll translate into more income? Is mm -hmm. that what you're asking? Well, I, I, there, there had been a, in the corporate world, me as an employee, um, things happening in my personal life of course affected how I how I would be at the office mm. and I had a conversation uh, one day and they said you know we want big Jacqueline mm. we want all the personality we want all the that's where you make your impact but mm. you've been little you've been little Jacqueline you've been quiet and you've mm. been at the edge of it and that that's what made me think of that if we're not coming in and going this is our uniqueness this we get to offer something to the world that no one else can and you've even said that offer what you can offer to the world is you and mm. no one else can do that better and if we even if we don't have dreams to corner office or run our own business if we if we leave too much of us at the door wouldn't that stunt our professional growth 
I mean, what I would say honestly is there are a lot of people out in the world who may not be fully expressing themselves as they would want to be that are very successful financially, right? And, And I think there are definitely times when there's a correlation between your money and and your your work and your you know how you're showing up in the world a very big correlation but we have to remember there's there's all kinds of stories about what that Mm -hmm. looks like and i think the biggest piece of that is for someone to just be clear on what purpose is this moment in my life serving me and and then get clear on well how would I, what, do I want to shift something? Is there something that for me that needs to change? Right. And is there some, and so if the, if it's financial, then there's a lot of ways that you can increase your income and d- make different choices. So you can't, you cannot let someone else tell you what that looks like. So for mm-hmm. someone to say, you need to shine more, you need to, we want big Jacqueline, you're not an actress. Like, you know what I mean? They're not. Lord help <laughs> us. I <laughs> I was always the dancing backup thing in the play. I couldn't even get a speaking part. So, <laughs> not an actor. But I mean, like you're you're hired for a role, and or not a role for you're hired for a job to do a job. Right. And so I would say, that's where confidence comes in to say, mm-hmm. hmm, I'm here to do a job, and I'm not quite sure what the correlation is between <laughs> me being big or small. Like, what is that? And then you have to make a hard decision. Right. Um. But but I but I think it's separate from that money piece. Like that mm-hmm. money piece is, okay. Now I need to be able to bring fully present Jacqueline, whether that's the big version of you or the small version of you, into my into the negotiation room. <laughs> oh. Right. And so and those two things feel separate to me. Mm. Um, in both entrepreneurship, since we're talking about personality and we're talking about kind of persona and who we are in business, mm. in both entrepreneurship and corporate, uh-huh. how do you move, two questions to this. A, how do you not confuse assertiveness and confidence with ego? Mm. And second, once you unconfuse those, how do you move your ego out of the way so that you can then be inspired and you can um, appreciate someone smarter than you coming to the table? Okay, okay, so what was the first question? The first is how do you not confuse confidence and assertiveness with ego? Oh, with ego, okay. So I first wanna say that ego has its place Mm -hmm. with us. Like it has a job to do. And um, we have to know when we're working from ego and that it's serving a, a purpose or when we're working from ego and it's not serving a purpose, right? It's right. actually doing the opposite. So that's the first thing is that um, I think we make ego bad and we use the term incorrectly. You know, that person is, oh, they're so egotistical or whatever mm-hmm. and make people bad for that. Um, so that's the first thing that I would say. And then the second thing is confidence, um, for me is is really about um, not making anyone wrong in the process so mm-hmm. so you can speak your voice and you can stand up for yourself and you can be assertive but so what happens in in that in my experience at least is that in standing up for ourselves or being assertive then we choose to make someone else wrong mm-hmm. right and so um, the way I like to look at it is I like the win-win-win type, I mean, that's just who I am. I like the, you know, everyone wins, and so we walk away and no one feels like 
they just got totally screwed. Um, but you don't feel like you got screwed either. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I would say is just, just knowing that who you are and what is coming out of your mouth is not about making anyone else wrong. It's just about getting your own personal needs met. And the second part of that question, when ego is not serving our purpose, how do you move that out of the way? How do you not feel, um, like maybe someone's stepping into your lane or someone's stepping on your toes or mm. someone's maybe not, um, I don't know. You're not allowing- Playing nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone's not playing nice or, you know, maybe it's their, maybe it's their ego that's kind of getting mm. away and you have to you have to look at that a little bit. But how do you navigate? Because in business, it, I, think, I think that happens um, often enough that people need to talk about it but nobody does nobody talks about everybody talks about don't be the smartest person in the room but nobody mm. tells you how to deal with the smartest person in the room mm. yeah and then what I would say to that is I've gotten to and this is work and I'm not saying that I've gotten there fully but you know I I've come to a place where I can see when someone's working from ego but it's not my job to fix them shift them change them or point out that they're playing working from ego right that's their job to get to that place but, um, you know, I've kind of gotten the skills to be able to say, oh, this person is really sensing um, through intuition and life experience. Oh, okay, this person is feeling, um, you know, rejected, judged, whatever that is. And so they feel like they need to protect themselves. And so for me, I think um, compassion is one area that we miss out on in, in, in assertiveness because we, in asserting ourselves, there's a an I win, I need to win a mentality mm -hmm. exactly, but but there can be compassion in assertion, and there can be understanding of someone else's position in your assertiveness, and and I think compassion is such a beautiful gift that we can give ourselves, but also we can give a communication experience, you know, scenario. Um, to understand where someone may be, and in the understanding is not making not making assumptions about it, but very, so that you can really know from their mouth to say, you know what? what, there's something happening here, and I'm not quite sure what it is, and I'm not quite sure how to fix it. So can we figure? Can we create a plan together? Because I want to make sure that you know you're taken care of, and I want to make sure that I'm taken care of. But my sense is there's something happening with you right now. Right. And, that's and giving your... someone permission to either say, yeah, here's what's happening. I'm pissed off and here's why. Or, yeah, I'm really, this is freaking me out or whatever it is. Or saying, no, that's not your place and I'm not willing to go there with you. Either way, you've established transparency. You've Absolutely. established communication. Yeah. And you've, you've put them off guard. You know, you've, you've taken their guard down just a little bit because now they know that you're not going to battle for the victory position. Well, and <laughs> That's it's so not easy <laughs> in, inside of corporate America, it's so easy to start to have those kinds of dynamics because Power people pulls. feel like they're vying for their job, right. which is their livelihood. Right. And coming from being an entrepreneur, I always know my livelihood is not dependent on, it's not, it's lovely that you pay me every week or every two weeks or every month or whatever that might be. But my livelihood is not dependent on you. My livelihood is I am lively with or without you. So so that's my mentality. But so many in corporate America, you have a lot of people that are 
coming from a place of fear mm -hmm. and fear will make you act out in all kinds of ways right absolutely and there's a lot of them my coaching is is a lot uh, my coaching has been a lot of career growth so mm -hmm. not entrepreneurs um, where you're talking to business coach mine are I'm wanting to transition industries mm -hmm. or um, my biggest chunk is of course transitioning out of the military into corporate I love that. Um, but how do I get to the next step in my career mm -hmm. so in that I, I in hearing you talk there has to be a little bit of entrepreneur spirit in all of us to know because mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite things to, to tell them is this company isn't your be-all end-all there's mm -hmm. other opportunities with you you take your talent mm -hmm. it gets to go with you absolutely you get to yeah. take your skills and your talent your uniqueness and your impact and your ideas to wherever you go and yeah. it's invaluable wherever you go yes so the job market might be competitive but there is there's no competition for what you're offering mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there's only you so yeah there has to be that. a little bit of entrepreneurship like mm. you I will be okay. Mm -hmm. I might have a little rough go of it, but mm -hmm. I'll I'll learn. Right. Exactly. I'll strengthen. Yeah. How are you defining success now that you are an employee? And you mm. and you just said that my livelihood. I know. Mm -hmm. I'm lively. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um. How are you from the nausea tea experience mm -hmm. to today? How has your definition of your success of when you look back and say, mm. I did it. Yeah. Has that changed? No, it's interesting. You know, in the world of um, entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs, there's this sense that, you know, we a lot of entrepreneurs see the employed as like the plague, right? <laughs> like if you're employed, you've got a plague and there's something wrong with you. And mm -hmm. I think there was a moment where it didn't feel like success, even though I was excited and I was having this personal experience of really being, you know, glad about being an employed and employed. Um, um, what I used to say, having a job, you know, a J-O-B, a job. Um, but um, so, so there was a, a transition for me to realize, no, I am making a conscious choice to be an employed mm -hmm. and to move away from entrepreneur, entrepreneurship being my life, my primary source of income and livelihood and the way that I live into this other way of being. So, so before the success came was really like getting solid in, in that for myself, like, right. Um, right. That there wasn't something wrong with me or that I had failed or that I, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, because I hadn't created a billion dollar or trillion dollar <laughs> business well, that, um, <laughs> ask me, you have like, several times. <laughs> Um, that um, there, there, that it didn't make me a failure. So there mm -hmm. was first I had to really come into, come to terms with that for myself. Now, clearly having come to terms with that, um, now my definition of success and 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 it's like within a twelve month period, my life shifted completely. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got a job. My son went off to college. I found the man of my dreams and I'm getting married like everything happened and there were other things that were happening that were like really transformational for me as a woman and that all feels very successful because I feel like those things could not have happened successfully in the way that they did had I not been in the mental space and become the person that I am and so 
so I feel successful like I feel successful because I I'm like I've opened myself up to some of the greatest people and opportunities that transformed me in a big way so what I'm hearing what I'm taking away um, isn't get your shit together which is often what I hear when Naja speaks, even though she never said it to me, <clears throat> is that instead of concentrating so much on writing out what our definition of success is, perhaps, maybe, a better way to go about it is every time we feel like we have failed or we have faltered, we start redefining our definition of failure. Oh, failure is a critical part of this whole process. Mm -hmm. Like, there is no success without failure. It is crazy how beautiful failure is when we, um, as um, Travis Smiley, Tavis Smiley, I believe, said, fail forward. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're failing forward and that failure becomes a new growth and, and, it, and it always does this, failure upwards, failure upwards, failure, fall upwards, then I'm like, keep failing. Right. You know? And if we redefine our failure every time we slip and remind ourselves of that, Fellward, upward. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, it's because part of the we, we do is we say we we fail, and then we say I'm a failure. Right, and we right? abandon. Mm -hmm. We abandon possibilities. Oh yeah, and as soon as you make failure who you are, mm. then the game is over. But as soon as you make failure something that happened, and now you can make new choices, it was. It's like oh wow, okay, I didn't. Okay, that's new information. Excellent. So now what am I going to do with this new information? Move wherever you're going to move. Then it's like, that's that's life. That's the beauty of life. Mm. Redefine failure. You'll make your way to success. Yeah. I love it. I've enjoyed the last, I believe it's been an hour. I have I've lost my time. Yeah, it's been an hour and six minutes. Um, so we're closing up our hour. I've enjoyed my hour with you. Um, your insight. Mm. I'm... I don't know. I'm just. You didn't make me cry. I got a little teary eyed and I saw your eyes. I know. Eyes I got a little, little teary eyed. I saw it, Barbara Wawa. <laughs> I saw it happening. <laughs> but I made you teary eyed. Goal almost. <laughs> almost goal. I want to get to the point where I'm the type of interviewer where I take people back through their journeys and they're like. <laughs> but happy I'm, tears. I'm not going there. I'm not going <laughs> not, there. Not gonna you're not going to get me. Um, I appreciate that you've taken an opportunity. And I, I guess it's um, yay for me that I've kind of reminded you of all of your mm. previous triumphs and your successes. Because for you to be a second interview, because I'm still green in the interviewing, and Anne-Brie rebrand is still in the infancy stage. But for mm. you to agree, um, A, to interview with me, I'm honored. Mm. And to be the second interview, I'm beyond grateful because um, a lot of the people that have jumped onto Anne-Brie are at points in their life where they're ready to think new. Mm. Um, they've gone through personal trials. They've reached out to me. They, they're going through personal trials. They're clawing their way back. Mm. Um, and I, I've said to them, there's something beautiful about clawing your way back mm -hmm. because you never, you never really can appreciate a peak until you mm -hmm. have come out of the valley a little dirty and a little rugged. Yes. Um, so there's a beauty in that. And um, if anyone, because um, every coach needs a coach, and um, I'm so glad we became friends because I could never afford you. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> just buy her something pretty every now and again. If there's anyone that I would I would ever reach out to when I'm in a valley, um, you're 
you're definitely in my top two. Aww. My sister's my first. I, I love have it. to. That makes me happy. I'm glad. <laughs> but and, it's know, been I'm amazing. Here for you. I know. It's and I'm here thank for you. you. For, thank you for asking me. This is my first interview in like a year, and I have to tell you, it's I'm such an I'm such an ask everyone else question person, and not that I'm not you know open or whatever, but when when I have the opportunity to do this and uh, someone is so well prepared as you are it's it's like it's exciting it's like if you feel seen you feel acknowledged so yeah it's good and i'm Thank gonna you. quit stalking you so if you've started uh, entertaining restraining no i'm order. enjoying this i'm like <laughs> hold on now so tell me what did i do in the last 90 days <laughs> that's really cool remind me because i'm having a bad moment oh, well <laughs> it's been an amazing um hour and congratulations on um, your son Thank going to college you. Yeah. and still kicking it on the mound in baseball. Yeah, he is. He's doing great right now. Congratulations on your new uh, blissful engagement. Thank you. Uh, beautiful ring. Not. <laughs> Hold on. I'll get the. Let it there it up. is. There we go. There, there it is. <laughs> beautiful and still understated yes, and elegant. Okay, well, I don't know about understated. <laughs> I don't know if he would think that this is understated. It definitely doesn't feel understated to me. I was like, well, I don't know if I can wear this all the time. <laughs> You're going to be a beautiful bride, and I can't wait to talk to you again. I'm going to talk to you every day, but to um, schedule another interview about a year from now yeah. to see where you're at and what else I can remind you that you've done. Uh, I'm in. All right. I'm in. It's Thank perfect. You. Thank, Thank you. you. We're going to enjoy the rest of this nausea tea before I let her get on with her day. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, loves. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.